Well, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We'll let this blessing get sown in here. You know, I have a brother that is not saved, and he told me one time he supported Jerry Lewis's uh, telethon. He said, I've learned this even as a sinner. You can't outgive God when you're blessing kids. And uh, it's the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord of glory. In the morning. All righty. That's it. Get your money. Take that over there. Put that somewhere. Whoever's got the money. Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one time, said, Pastor, you don't have any need. You just go ahead and stick your hand in the pot and take whatever you want, don't you? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, that's, that's me. He said, wow. I thought, wow, myself, your brain is starving to death for oxygen. And uh, hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today. I have no idea what I'm going to preach on yet. I kind of think I do. Let's go to Acts, the second chapter. <clears throat> Acts, the second chapter. And we're going to look at today about the fillings of the Holy Ghost. There's more than one, and we as Christians sometimes forget that, and we always try to run off to the first tankful. And uh, since it's not commonly taught, we uh, sometimes just totally forget about it. And uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, in Acts, the second chapter, this is what is known as the day of Pentecost. And it says this, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, much like it did Jesus at the river Jordan, when John saw him, the dove sitting upon him. And it says this, and they were all filled, somebody say filled, filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When we first come in contact with the Holy Ghost, we get filled with the Holy Ghost. That empowering presence of the Holy Ghost enables you and I to bear witness to the identity and the validity of the person of Jesus Christ. Now, we could say that we preach the gospel and, you know, we are bearing witnesses. We are. We are witnesses to Christ with our voice and we are living epistles with our life. And the third witness, that is an undeniable witness, is the voice of the Holy Ghost. Now, the voice of the Holy Ghost speaks in demonstration. Not only does he inspire us to speak, but he also speaks himself in demonstration. And this confirms the gospel of the identity of Jesus Christ. No other gospel can be verified in a threefold way such as the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now they may say this about their founder, they may say this about Buddha, uh, Hinduism, uh, Islam, whatever they might say. But they're all false doctrines for the simple fact that their name bears no record from God as being in unity with the doctrine that they're preaching. But the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of every believer, is verified, and it's verified here, but it's also verified in Acts, the 16th chapter, where it says Jesus went working with them, confirming the word that they preach with signs and wonders. So this is an enablement, an endowment, an empowerment that takes man from being natural to being supernatural. 
from being a man of the senses to being a man of the spirit. Now, we might think that these are, well, you know, I've heard that, and yeah, that's all good. What good is it doing me? The good that is doing you is that faith is reborn and faith is refreshed by the hearing of truths that you have already experienced. See, the problem is not that you've just heard, so you're so smart that you don't have to hear again, or you could read through the Bible once and throw it away or resell it on eBay. You need it every day in your life. You need it every day to adjust your life, to judge your life, to lead your life, to infuse your life, and to feed your spiritual man as well as transform your soulish man. Could I get an amen? And arm and equip the man of your soul in confessions and words spoken and so forth. So here we see that these men were hiding in fear. These men and women, 120 of them. And so they were hiding in fear, yet after the Holy Ghost comes upon them, they receive a boldness. And the boldness brings them out to testify to men on the very street where Jesus has been heralded down, where voices have cried just 50 days before, crucify him, crucify him. The blood may still be on the pavement. The blood may still be in the cracks of the stones. But on that same street, the same men that cried crucify him now declared that he was Lord of their life. And it happened by the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Now people would say, well, I don't need the Holy Ghost. Yes, you need the Holy Ghost. If Jesus needed it, you need it, friend. Could I get an amen? Jesus was born of the Spirit, but he was also filled with the Spirit. And then Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. And there is a place that you and I as believers need to not just be filled with the Holy Ghost, but we need to go into the places that God beckons us to in order to cause those gifts to break forth into our life. Jesus came out of the wilderness, returned in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you and I need to be able to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so the first thing that we see is that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now when we first see that, they say, well, you know, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've already arrived. Well, that's really not true. You know, Jesus' custom was this. He didn't go to the wilderness one time. The Bible says that it was his custom. In other words, it was a way of life that Jesus continually, perpetually, seasonably, even in times of strain upon his life, he went to the wilderness. Why did he go to the wilderness? I believe Jesus went to the wilderness for times of refreshing and refilling. And I'm going to prove that to you without a shadow of a doubt in the Scripture. But we sometimes, we get filled with the Holy Ghost and we run from Jordan to tell everybody that we got filled. The Holy Ghost is not a doctrine that dies by the Jordan. It is a relationship that perpetuates until we are walking in the fullness of the Spirit where the Spirit ends up having His will and the works of the flesh have ceased in the life of the believer. The Holy Ghost life in us is perpetually reviving us. In other words, the Bible says that when the Spirit of Christ raised Him from dead, He shall uh, quicken or revive or make alive. In other words, when the Holy Ghost that defeated sin on the cross begins to have his full uh, place in our life, that you know what? His presence helps us overcome sicknesses and diseases and we don't live by the carnal man, but we live by the spirit man. And then there is the part in Romans 8, 13, two verses down that says, look, if the spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in your body, he shall mortify. There are two things he does. He infuses you with life and he mortifies so that life can make itself evident in our life. And we need the Holy Ghost every day. And we need for Him to continually be taking over our lives so that we can be a representative of Christ more so in our life. Now, 
these times that these disciples went, if you'll go to Acts, the fourth chapter, and we're going to look down around to, uh, well, we're going to look at verse 23. In Acts 4, 23, now these are the disciples, Peter and John, they were in the upper room. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says, and being let go, now they were taken out of the midst of where they were preaching and out of the midst of where the miracle at the gate beautiful has just happened. They're taken and they're beaten and they're pressured to deny Jesus Christ. And they come back. Instead of backsliding, instead of leaving God, instead of saying, well, this is not worth it, they came back and they said, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The king of the earth stood up. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. That would tell you the enemies of the gospel. And it says this, of Christ, For of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. In other words, the whole world. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where, where they were assembled together, and they were all what? They were all what? They were all what? With a Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And notice the heart of unity. And all the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things that he had possessed was his own, but all that he had, but they all had things all common. Now, in this we see something. Number one, we see that these men were refilled. We call it Acts 3, 17, 18, 19, and 20 at the times of refreshing or the visitations of the Lord. God visits our lives at seasons. Now understand that these men were filled. Now either they weren't filled to the fullest on the day of Pentecost or something had leaked out of them from chapter 2 to chapter 4. What do you think happened that caused the Holy Ghost to be diminished in their life? Persecutions, tribulations, accusations, the pressure of standing boldly. See, a lot of us have lost the fullness of the Holy Ghost in our life. We used to be on zeal. You couldn't shut us up. Now we can't even get you to raise your hand to praise the Lord. I'm, I'm sorry. That was to the first Baptist. I'm, I'm sorry. If you're watching here, you're Pentecostal and you belong to our church. I'm not talking about you. No. People have lost their joy. They don't have any boldness. They don't have any perseverance. They have no stick to they don't rejoice in the midst of tribulation or persecution. First thing they do is set up a counseling appointment to complain and to tell you how much the Word of God is not working. Now, why does the church go from one place of ecstasy that cannot be contained to a place that it does not even have a voice 
to its world. It happens because the Holy Ghost becomes diminished in their life. And in order to have it refilled, we have to have times of visitation of God. Could it get an amen? Now we know that God is available anytime. But the problem is people do not set their house in order for a visitation from God. Amen. And so if you don't make room for the Holy Ghost to fill you, or if you allow the enemy to drain you of the Holy Ghost influence by hardships, by discouragements, by what you would call failures, by missing the mark, by rejection, by hatred, then you have to understand that if you don't get filled up after these events have put a taxation on your life, you're going to end up being the byproduct of what that problem was loose to create in your life. Could I get an amen? See, we have to come to the point that everybody comes to the physician, the physician that is greater than all. And Jesus mends the brokenhearted. Now the problem is, is this, is that the church, and I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the world church. I'm talking to the universal church that we need to stop going from quarter pound hot dogs to being made Vienna sausages because the devil doesn't like us. And so what happens is after these attacks, most people never do what these men did. Most people just run on down the road, complain about the problem, repeat the matter, rehearse the problem, rehearse the battle, rehearse the sorrow, rehearse the suffering, over and over and over, till we are just bum ourselves. Our spouses are sick of hearing the story. Well, I got to tell somebody, oh, get over it. The devil's already tried it. He's already done it. God's already seen it. Now you got to rise up and bring victory out of it. Amen. But if you get to the place that you're weary, you grow weary in well-doing. Now I'm going to say a few things that are going to tell me and tell you how full or how empty you are. People say this. I'm just tired, Pastor. You're empty. I just seem to lose my joy. You're empty. You're easily offended. I could mention a name right now, and half of you are going to be mad at me. Even though you're supposed to be praying for him every day, and you're cussing him and talking evil about him every day. But see, if I mention his name, I'm the enemy, and you want to divide yourself because I mention a name. There is something empty in you, friend. When you can yield to your emotional status instead of do what the Scripture says, friend, you are running on empty. And if a person can offend you, you're empty. If a person can discourage you, you're empty. But you don't know. I don't want to know. I'm telling you, if man can overthrow what God did in you, please, there's something lacking in you. It is not in the power of man to overthrow God. Thank you for, we're going to try that again. The power of man cannot overthrow God. Now give him a shout, hallelujah. I'm so tired of us just surrendering to defeat when you don't have to get defeated. Amen? And so then we, we get loveless. We get unfaithful. What are all these? You couldn't even keep you out of church. Even before you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you just got saved. You couldn't stay out of church. Now it doesn't take anything. Oh, I think I saw a snowflake yesterday, honey. Well, yeah, yeah, but honey, we're still going. To, no, we can't go. It might come, come again. We'd have two snowflakes. I'm not sure we can drive through that. 
you're empty. Well, you know, so-and-so took an offering and I just didn't like it. You're empty. Well, he always talks about offering. You're empty. You're empty when you are bored with what the Scripture, scripturally, the Scripture perpetuates for a believer to do. It's there because God wants you to keep hearing it so you'll keep doing it. You think this is the enemy of your life. It is the hope of your life. But it's where people get perverted and get to the point that they begin to see everything critical. You are empty. You're empty. Well, I'm just going to stop doing that. No, you're empty. You can try to crank the motor all you want. You're empty. You are never going to be able to do what the Holy Ghost can do in you. He is not your equal. He is your superior. And you are confident and needful and sufficiently needy of him every day. Hallelujah. Now I expect the voice of Pentecost to get louder in this house. Because I'm telling you, I'm preaching you something you need to get, you need to hang on to, and you need to hear. Now, I'm telling you that these men, after going through these things, you think it doesn't bother you. Every attack on your life, if you live out of your spirit, then you have to understand that the flow of life has got to be at its highest in order for you to function at your most. The spirit of faith will not function over your senses unless you stay filled with that spirit. I don't know why this is not rocket science, but we just presume that, well, I got filled, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Every time you use faith for something, Every day that you make a confession, God, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My enemies come out seven. One way they flee before me seven ways. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. God, you have caused me to be more than a conqueror. You'll withhold no good thing from me. God, I'm not afraid of anything that is here that is coming or is going to be created or that's already been sent on its way because nothing is going to separate me from the love of Christ that has redeemed me, joined me to God, and brought the blessings of Abraham into my life. Now, as soon as I have said that, guess what went with it? A thing called faith. You can't keep putting out faith without filling yourself back up with it. Could I get an amen? Well, I read that one time and I started my confession. Your confession will lose its power without you replenishing that which you are distributing by your words. Now you understand why people say stuff and it never happens. There's not enough faith in there to make it happen. Because you've been saying the same thing for 20 years. And you've just been empty on 19 and a half of them. I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't know about you. I want to be victorious in life. I just don't. I hate just mealy-mouthing, going through life, hoping something's going to change. The only thing that's going to change is the devil's influence in your life without you being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I am talking on being filled with the Holy Ghost. But all of these things are connected to you having him be in charge of your life. See, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're going to move into the fullness of the sonship of God. But those that are not full are not going to obtain. Why? Jesus said it this way. There's going to be some 20, 30, 40, 60, 80, 100 percent. And you know what? There are lots of people that settle for 20% of Christianity. Not that God doesn't love you. We love you. And God loves you. It's just that you get beat up the other 80%. Now, thank God you licked your wounds and you're still faithful. And hallelujah. But you could be 100%. If we would just do simple things.
Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's go to uh, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Man, I thought it was 12 o'clock already. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not just a religious dogma that finds itself deep into the muck of Jordan. It is an experience that transforms us from being mere men to being enabled ambassadors of Christ Jesus. And nobody should stop at being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because everybody that speaks in an evidential language that they have received the Holy Ghost now must remember and is constantly reminded through that language and that relationship with the Holy Ghost is that there are eight other gifts waiting to confirm Jesus' identity and not just yours. See, a lot of people use tongues as their identity. Well, I'm Pentecostal. I'm charismatic. Well, Well, thank you for telling us that. But the Holy Ghost is more than just identifying you to some lame, half-hearted, half-crippled denomination. It is about you testifying of the gospel of grace. That's the testimony of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, he loves you and he wants you to move into your identity. But his mission is not to let the world know who you are and how great you are and how blessed you are and how flowery you are and how uplifted you are and how close you are to God. He identifies Jesus Christ. And anybody that has the Holy Ghost declares the Lordship of Christ. No man can say that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Ghost. Now, we've had a lot of people try to persuade us with verbiage that Jesus is Lord. But let me tell you something. When you can stand in front of 20 or 30,000 Muslims that come to see what you're preaching and you don't have anything other than to say how great and how blessed you are, you're going to be run out of town tomorrow. And nobody's going to be on that ground to hear your words. And if you think the world is any different from Muslims, they are not. Paul said, when I come to you, I will not know these men's argumentative words, but I will know them by their power, for the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power and demonstration. Come on, I lost two-thirds of you. Come on, there's that Pentecostal voice. You feel like you're leaking out. The Holy Ghost ain't leaking out. You're about to get filled again. Hallelujah. And what we need to do is we need to say, I need filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. When your car gets empty, don't you pull it into a gas station? Some of you say, no. My husband does. I know my wife wants me to do like one guy in our church does. I told Phyllis, you are not as crippled as that woman. In other words, you got two hands, two feet, a credit card. Get out of your car undo the thing, and put the gas in. If you can't put the gas in, I'm taking your driver's license away. Well, don't you think you should pump your gas? Yes, if I'm with her, I think I do. I want to get there and back. But do I think I got to take it out of the garage every day and go get her gas? No. I'm trying to teach her to be self-dependent. Thank you for that laugh. It was a joke. Hallelujah. Now, so we have to understand that we, when we get empty and notice these things that I've mentioned, and there are millions of more that are creeping into us, don't blame it on somebody else. It is because you are running on empty. When your emotions can rile you, to make a statement about some other human being that is not blessing, you are running on empty. Come on, somebody, help me here. Hallelujah. 
the Pentecostals are alive in vacuums. Hallelujah. And so we got to realize, just look around. Are you empty? Are these things bothering you? Are you stumbling? Are you fighting a fight that you can't win? Are you weary? Are you joyless? Are you discouraged? Are you unfaithful? Have you quit doing what God called you to do? Have you taken your hands off of the work of the kingdom? You're empty. I would say I was going to preach the rest of this this afternoon, but only three people will be here. And I'm, I'm going to go home and have something. Hallelujah. Now, in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. In verse... Oh, wow. Verse 17. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine. Now, let me speak just a moment about being... Oh, you're going to talk about alcohol? No. No. I met a guy on a cruise that Phyllis and I went with. He said, I notice it. You are vehemently against drinking. I said, yeah. He said, why is that so? I said, because it's wrong. Oh, okay. He said, I get your tapes all the time. I hear that and I think, why is he so vehemently against that? Well, because it kills people. Every single tax dollar that, that $1 is spent on alcohol costs us $3. You want to talk about national debt? Don't get mad. Every drinker is driving us $2 into debt in our nation. Because you can't take care of what you are creating of the ailments that you are bringing on our society. But let's move on. We're not talking about that. And, and Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and it says this. Wherefore, be ye not drunk, or be not drunk with wine. Anybody ever been drunk? If you haven't been, I've made up for you. So you could just raise your hand and say, Pastor was my substitute drunk. Do you know drunks live in a world that is beyond common sense and beyond reason? Do you know you can beat a drunk up and he just keeps getting up? You, you, you look, he can have a broke nose, he can have black eye, and he just finds some way to get up because in a drunk is this thing that is beyond his normal self and he will just not quit. There is no quit in the drunk. And a drunk is blind. He is blind to everything that's going on round about him. Not only that, he's kind of like Christians. He talks things that are not as though they were. Did you see that elephant? <laughs> yeah, he just talks things that are not as though they were. People are saying, oh man, you're just hallucinating. Really? Wow, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, He's in a world of his own. He feels no pain. No pain. People that are drunk go through car accidents and walk away. It's like their drunken state protected them some way. I'm not condoning drunk driving. I'm not, don't even write, don't even, oh Jesus. Just, if you're thinking that, turn that off and don't turn us back on. I mean it. People just need to be bright as a light bulb at least 10 watts now people come through accident the other person is killed which is a tragedy nobody should ever drink or drive nobody should even drink I'm just telling you it's horrible on society and it destroys lives even though yours may be preserved and listen they will go through an accident and they walk away and they've destroyed other people's lives. 
And they all say this. Well, it was because I was drinking. Their drunken state is the reason that they were mindless, couldn't keep anything focused, couldn't stay on the road, couldn't do anything that they're supposed to do that their driver's license said that they could do. And they're beside themselves. They don't think of money. They just spend money. I went home one time and my wife said, I knocked on the door and she, now she would, she was kind of mean. She said, you know what, you stay your drunken, she used words that she don't use now, out on that porch and see how you like it. Then she opened the door and she said, where's your car? I said, I don't know. She said, you don't know where your car is? I said, no, I, I don't. I said, but I got my paycheck and I pulled it out and it was a handful of ones. And I got paid two every two weeks. Now, this was 46 years ago, and I made $185 a week, which is pretty good money back then. Minimum wage, $1.65. And so I pulled these ones out, and I said, here it is. She said, that's all the money you got? I said, yeah. She said, yeah. Clang! Went the door. What did that mean? I ain't coming in. And so, my wife was very merciful. I got drunk in the city one time, and I crawled home. Crawled home. On my hands and knees, I crawled home. And I got to the porch, and I knocked on the door, and Phyllis opened it, and I crawled through the house to the toilet. And Nikki said, is daddy sick? Mommy said, he deserves to be sick. And I thought I was going to die. Too many seven sevens. I was just blitzed. You know what? You have no common sense. You have no dignity. You don't expect people to accept you or to reject you. Now the Bible says, don't be that way. Don't be mindful of a world that seems to not even exist in the eyes and the reasoning of other people that you're talking about. God says, don't be drunk like that. But then he turns around and says this. But, wherefore, which is in excess, but be filled, get drunk with the Spirit. You know, if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you won't worry about what people think about you. You'll crawl right in front of them. You do whatever has to be done. You talk about things that aren't even reasonable to their mind. You will be impervious to the sufferings of Christ Jesus. You'll just go through them and you'll make it and you'll come out with the testimony. You won't get mindful of what you have and what you don't have. You'll just do whatever is on your mind to do. <coughs> So we need, by the inspiration of God, <clears throat> I kind of sound like a woman now, don't I? I, don't, I haven't went through an operation yet. I'm let me. Ah, there's the real me. Hallelujah. All right, just a little sip of the Holy Ghost to get you back to where you're supposed to be. Now, here it says that we are to be drunk or really get excessive to the natural man by being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, it's real simple. You can be as filled as you want to be. But if you are seeing any of these things in you, I encourage you to get filled. Now, here's how you do it. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. Speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourself. Not to the mountain, to yourself. Say, self, the Lord is your shepherd. Self, you will not want. Lord, self, the Lord is my strength. He is my high tower, my mountain, my buckler, my shield. That's who the Lord is. You get filled with the Holy Ghost by speaking to yourselves. And then you get filled by doing what? And spiritual songs. What's a spiritual song? 
Spiritual song is twofold. It is a song that comes out of your imagination because of the word, and it is in, in English, or it can be a spiritually inspired song of the Holy Ghost. And so you can do both. I mean, they'll tell you, they'll hear me coming. We know pastors here, he gets out of the truck singing. Well, what are you singing? I don't know. I know it's not in a tune that anybody else knows. And I'm not worried if they know it. I'm interested in that I know it. Amen? Amen? That I know it. Praise God. Make something up. Who is God to you? Sing about it. Hallelujah. And then it says this, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. In other words, God doesn't hear sad songs. You need to be happy about who you are and about what God is doing. Amen? And then it says, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we need to be thankful. No matter what's coming our way, we need to thank God for it. Don't let the devil steal your praise, rob you of your faith, bring a spirit of discouragement and doubt, and cause unbelief to take a root because you will not lift a voice of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Colossians quickly. We want to wrap this up. Colossians. So somebody say, I want to get drunk on the Holy Ghost. I want to get drunk on the Holy Ghost so that I am oblivious to where I am, where I end up, and what I'm going through. Hallelujah. All right, Colossians, the uh, third chapter, and let's go down to, let me see, where do we want to go here? Um, Help me find it here. All right. Now, down to verse 16. It says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. It's time for us to get refreshed. It's time for us to get filled. It's time for us to be visited by God. Amen? It's time for us to get back that which the devil has stolen from us. What these men had had been stolen by the repercussion of the devil because of their faith. Because they saw a miracle the devil attacked them. And if he, they would have been in today's church, they would have just went home, licked their wounds, wrote a book, been famous, and still been empty. But thank God they were not. And they were not indoctrinated to think that once you got it, you had it all. No, there are many fillings because we go from glory to glory. There are many visitations that transform us. There are many interventions of God that cause us to walk different as he did Jacob, to cause us to speak different as he did Jeremiah. But it's these visitations that cause us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And today, we're going to just ask God to fill us with the Holy Ghost. Just to fill us with the Holy Ghost. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, when we pray, you just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Just begin to speak in other tongues. Well, I've never done it. That's okay. When we pray that God fills you today, you just let it go. You say, but what if I, I copy somebody? No, you aren't going to copy anybody. The Bible says in this, in Luke the 13th chapter, you being parents know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? Now, only God would do that. And it says... If a son asked you a stone, you wouldn't give him a serpent. If you asked a fish, you wouldn't give him a scorpion. Well, no. You aren't going to get anything from God except the Holy Ghost. This is a sovereign place where God decrees that nobody will get anything from their self or from the devil 
if they ask God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Now, there are not many places that God does that, but in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, He does. You're not going to get my language. I'm not going to get your language. You're going to get a language that you're going to feel like you want to speak. You may get a thought. Whatever you get, know this. This is God. You say, well, how do I know? Well, you know that God gives you thoughts. So you know that if thoughts come, they aren't going to be of you. They're going to be of God. And when we pray, you aren't automatically going to get smarter and you're going to conjure up this unknown language. No, I was just as dumb as I was. I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. And if God gave me that language, and God's going to give you a language. So let's stand to our feet today. And if you see somebody around you or somebody is, is wanting to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to lay hands on them. Because you can do that and they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, let's all of us just lift up. Well, come on. You know what? Just get up here. Come on up here. Hallelujah. What about my purse? We'll get the money out of it. Don't worry. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Come right up here. We're going to ask that God fills us. We're going to ask that God refills us and refreshes us. And when you go home, spend some time. Get away by yourself. And let God fill you. Let God's presence just come upon you. Let it not just come upon you, but let it get in you. Just let it transform who you are today. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, God, we thank you that you have enabled us to come back and to drink of new wells. God, to drink of wells of salvation, wells of enablement, God, wells of encouragement, wells, God, of sweetness that will strengthen us to run the race, to keep the faith, God, to declare what Jesus has for our life. Now, Holy Ghost, we invite you right now first to come and to fill people with the Holy Ghost right now. If they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, I ask you right now to fill them in the name of Jesus Christ. Fill them with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, just be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Now, God, I ask that you would visit and refresh every person that is up here right now. Come on, lift your hands up towards heaven. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, let the power of the Holy Ghost fall upon us, God, and fill us again. God, let us, let our foundations be shaken, God. And God, let us rise up God, with a new perspective, a new way of seeing, a new way of walking, a new way of talking, God, fill us, fill us, God, in the name of Jesus right now. Come, God, and visit us and refresh us, God, everyone, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Fill us, God. Fill those that have not received. Refill, God, those that are weary. Refill, God, those that are broken. Refill, God, those that are discouraged. Refill those that are offended. Refill those, God, that have become weary. Refill those, God, that are, are hurt. Refill those, God, that have fell. Refill those, God, in the name of Jesus. Refill them, O oh God, by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. God, change their utterances, God. Change their utterances. Increase their languages, God. Expand their hearts, God. Oh, Spirit of Holy Ghost, come. Spirit of faith, fill us anew in the name of Jesus that our words will be stout. Our words will be light. Our words will be decreed. Our words will be prophetic in the name of Jesus. Fill us, Holy Ghost. Fill us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. We bakote la bakote le basipa shandela makando we bakote nele maka wande la bakobroso 
You that are up here, just turn around and lay your hands on your neighbor. Turn around and lay your hands on those people that are behind you. You people that are behind them, lay your hands. In the name of Jesus, just fill us, God. Fill us and visit us, God. Refresh us in the name of Jesus. Refresh us in the name of Jesus. Refresh us, O God. Now while you got your hands on them, just pray God would heal them. Right now, just release that which you have re freely received, freely give. Let it flow out of your spirit into their body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey Dakota, I want you to come and pray that, uh, sing that song, This Mountain. Come on, just keep praying for people. You are the mighty. You are the God 